Hello, friends. I'm Renee. And I'm Anna. And you're listening to Fangirl Happy Hour. Today is the day we're going to hold our high five awards and give three lucky pieces of media our top honor, the Golden Space Bee. We return with the best awards. The most important genre award. Exactly. This year we only had three categories because last year was a hot, disorganized mess. So unlike other award ceremonies, you will not be here that long, but that's okay because that'll leave you more time for watching whatever new Netflix show that's out or reading some books. We know your time is precious and we've got you. Yeah. Onward to hand out some golden space bees. The way that the High Five Awards work is that we look back over the media we discussed in a year and choose our top three. This year's categories are books, comics, and film. The bottom two of our selection can be different from each other, but the topic has to be the same. We align pretty often, but other times we have to come to an agreement. Luckily, this year was very undramatic because we have great taste in media. So undramatic. You sent me an email going, only a small fight. Yeah. And then I wrote back going, I agree. And that was it. That was the, no, shake hands. Yeah. That was the extent of our disagreement. <laughs> it was like literally two emails and we sorted this. It's because our choices were so good. So, and also obvious too, because they were obviously the best books. Let's start with the film category. You go first and tell us what your second and third place picks were. My third place pick was Ghostbusters, the new movie. Of course. Not the old one. Not the old ones. And the second one was Star Wars The Force Awakens. Those two were pretty great movies. I just recently rewatched Ghostbusters. And I think it's been about six months since I watched it for the first time. And it was still good on second viewing. Holtzman is still awesome. That scene with the guns is still pretty cool. The Force Awakens, believe it or not, I've only watched it once. I've got a copy to watch again, and I loved both of them very much. In a very unsurprising development, my third place was Ghostbusters 2016, and my second was Star Wars The Force Awakens. Very surprising that we agreed completely. I mean, it could be surprising, really. I think our top first choice could be controversial. Because the most popular movies of the year were Star Wars and Ghostbusters, right? At least in our metier. The Force Awakens came out in 2015, but we didn't discuss it until 2016. So it's kind of like has a weird place. People might not think this is not a 2016 thing you should be discussing. But really, it came out at like the very end of 2015 in December. And then the fandom exploded in the first half of 2016. Yeah. So I still feel like it's totally fair. Definitely. And I'm not a Star Wars person. I'm a space opera person. Hmm. I just miss the whole bus on Star Wars. Growing up with it and having it be like a defining piece of media For me, that doesn't happen. So I have this distance from it. And that's why I think it's sort of notable that it's on my list so high. I don't have any connection to like the franchise itself. Like I don't have any nostalgia for it. 
I just saw a really, really good space opera or science fantasy, whatever you want to call it. And so that's why it's on my list. It was just this really, really great space movie. So I wonder if you did have the emotional connection to the franchise. Could it have been a number one? Yeah, we would have probably had to fight over it. Well, I had the connection and it was still not my first one. I wonder why. Maybe because our top pick was more emotional. Maybe. Was cleverer. Was beautifuler. Did I just make up a word? You probably just did, yes. Why don't you go ahead and announce to everybody what our number one film of 2016 was. Should I arrive at the conclusion? Our top pick for best movie of 2016, deserving of a golden space bee, is Arrival. Yes, it's Arrival. In the meantime, hold on. We have a friend here who is a little bit disappointed that Star Wars did not make the top one. <laughs> Let Post me translate. Award. He's like, this award's a fucking bullshit! <laughs> Post-award commentary by BB-8. I'm glad I don't speak droid. That might have offended me. Arrival came out of nowhere for me because I didn't really know about it until midway through the year. I knew it was based on a short story by Ted Young, but I didn't have any concept of what it was about, and I went into the film blind. I didn't read much about what it was going to contain. It was just such a beautiful, smart film, and Amy Adams was wonderful. And even though it had Jeremy Renner in it, he was not that offensive. And she was great, and the supporting cast was excellent, and the aliens were amazing. And I just loved it. And I can't wait till it comes out on DVD so I can buy it. For me, what made Arrival so great and so beautiful, part of it was it because it came at the right time, at the right moment. Because it's a movie about a life-changing event. At the moment, our world is going through life-changing events. And I feel like there's so much confrontation going on. The type of confrontation that is... Not about moving forward, but about moving backwards. And it's a confrontation that is ugly. It's people going back to, not going back to behaviors, but people letting behaviors that have been just below the surface or for some people just on the surface itself come into the fore. And the world feels like such an ugly place for me right now. And this movie showed how a life-changing event doesn't have to be about ugly confrontation. It could be about conversation and communion. And that's why it affected me so much, I think. Our next category is comics. And we actually read quite a few comics last year, which is new and different. So, Anna, what were your second and third choices? Number three was... The Vision, Volume 1, Little Worse Than a Man. And number two was Monstrous, Volume 1, Awakening. Both of them rather dark and heavy, especially in comparison to what we what we read overall. Like, we reread Abitable Screw Groban 2, we read Hellcat, which are fairly light and comical comics, right? And it's really interesting that those are the ones that we picked as our favorites for top two and three, or at least for me. Those picks are, again, about 
what we are going through in time. Both the vision and monstrous look at civilization, look at what it means to be humans. And although the conclusions are not exactly lighthearted, I feel they are very realistic. And again, that's maybe why, why it speaks to me, but not to the point of meriting a top one. This is a category where we disagreed. And I had to go back and like reassess, but we did. My number three was The Vision, Volume 1, and my number two is Monstrous, Volume 1. Originally, I had put Monstrous at the top because I liked the art more. And then when we had our discussion, it wasn't really a discussion. It was more like I just capitulated to your request and moved it down. And I don't think that's a bad thing because I still really like it. And I also find like just picking one thing really hard and complicated because you like things for different reasons. Like people who can just pick one overall favorite book of the year, you're like, unicorns, how are you doing this? Because I have like so many different kinds of favorites for different moods and different feelings that it doesn't change much if I have to move it down. And I see what you mean about them being kind of a critique of humanity itself and what it means to be human in a world that isn't always pretty, what it means to be human when humanity can be so dark, what it means to be human when humanity can sometimes be very good. Although the vision and monstrous are really beautiful, the art is amazing and the stories are great and are very important for the times we are in. Putting the hopeful story at number one is also important right now. Exactly. Go ahead and tell people what our number one comic is for 2016. It's Miss Marvel Volume 5, Super Famous. Again, I'm not sure if that's a dramatic surprise for most people. They're going to be like, it's you guys. We knew this was coming. I did say when we recorded about it that it was by far my favorite comic of the year. And I cried and I laughed. And again, it's about being human, but it's hopeful. It's uplifting. It's about communities. It's about, again, reaching out to different people, to, to the other or to, to the same. And it really fits with the theme that I'm going for in terms of, you know, humanity. And I think it's a good companion to be right there with Arrival. Because it's also about communicating your needs. Yes. And moving on to our very last category, books. Yeah! The category, I'm sure everybody is like, what are they going to choose? I don't know why. It's not going to be a surprise at all. Do you think? I don't know. Maybe. Anna, what are your number two and number three pick? My number three is Binti by Nadia Karafur. This is a really, really difficult category, by the way, because all those three could be top ones for me, except the top one has this little extra thing that makes it the winner. And the second one is The Obelisk Gate by N.K. Jemisin. Again, I feel like we have a theme going on here, right? With our picks, with the books that we like the most. They are all about change, communication, and about all of these are about what it means to be human. And people confronting their inner fears and finding conflict and reaching out to try and solve them. Especially with Binti, the Opelis Gate, more or less, there is an element of let's just kill everybody, destroy everything, which I can, I can quite buy into as well. So with me, these two are flipped. 
I put Diablo Skate in the number three spot and Binti in the number two spot. Both of these have a lot of death. A lot of death. So much death. That was not a feature of my consideration when I was going, hmm, what do I choose? In the end, I chose to put The Owl Skate in the third spot because although I loved The Owl Skate, it was such a good novel, Binti had the core of friendship that I like. There was this really close friendship that we see developed in Binti, and I just really, really dig watching friendships being born, especially cross-species friendships. And then in the Obelisk you don't really have that as much. You have soon joining a community and learning how to work with them and help each other survive. But it's not the same thing as a friendship that's not created under duress. And so that's pretty much why I flipped them. They're still both really, really, really good books. And I kind of feel dirty for ranking them because I think they're both brilliant. But the friendship in Binti put it a little bit over the top because I just really liked that friendship in that book. It's really great. It's a really hard choice between those two. And then our number one pick, Anna, do the honors. It's... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Nine Fox Gambit by Yung Ha Lee. Nine Fox Gambit, the book that when I first heard of it, I was like, I gotta read that. And I was the one who went, yeah, let's read it for the podcast. And I faced my fear and asked for an advanced reader copy, which is no small thing for people who know me. I was right. I was like, this is going to be awesome. You were right. And you, I'm so thankful for it because it is my favorite book of the year. How, listen, unicorn person, how are you doing that? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Or are you talking to your cat? I'm talking to <laughs> with you. A favorite, with the favorite book of the year. How do you just have one? How do you do that? Well, I don't have one. I have 10. But I think if I had to pick one, which I just did, it would be this one. I'll tell you the reason why. There are many reasons. It's a clever book. It has a clever narrative. It has some of my favorite, personal favorites. It has an unreliable narrator. It has questions of memory, of an identity. It has weirdness with regards to how the world and reality can be changed according to what people are doing. And ultimately, this is a book about overthrowing an oppressive government. And I can really get behind this right now. So that makes it my favorite book of the year. And it's really well written. And it's funny, engaging, has two fantabulous main characters. I could not ask for more. When I first started Nonfox Gambit, I was like, okay, I'm maybe not smart enough for this book. It's one of those type of books. But I stuck with it, and I'm so glad I did. Because what a great story that's just taking all these different ideas and putting them together and creating this really interesting world that feels tangible. Just the way that it's written and the way the characters interact with each other is so brilliant. It's really hard to summarize this novel. It's pretty much impossible for me to do it. I'm just like, it's got robot pals and you should read it. And that's a really good rec because it does have robot pals and they're great and you should read it. I second that. And I cannot wait for the sequel, which comes out this year. If you hear a really high-pitched screaming sound, that's going to be me, because I've gotten paws on a copy. I apologize in advance, <laughs> but I'm really excited, because I know it's going to make my brain melt out of my ears. I cannot wait. It's the Raven stratagem, right? Yep. I cannot wait either. There are so many books to look forward to. Sequels to those three books, actually. 
There's a new Binti novel coming out in about two weeks. Mm-hmm. There's this. There is the 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 trilogy Ender, the Stone Sky. I think that's the name for the third Broken Earth book by N.K. Jameson. And then there's the new Yung Hali. Together with the, with the new Megan William Turner, these are probably my most anticipated books of the year. So everything we love, there's more of it. Oh my god, that is so beautiful. There's your hope for 2017, guys. For everything you loved, there's going to be more of it. Yes. So that is our award ceremony. Our Golden Space Bees went to Arrival, Miss Marvel Volume 5, Super Famous, and Nine Fox Gambit. So congratulations to all our Golden Space Bee winners. And of course, we cannot finish these awards without mentioning the book that has not won an award because it doesn't need an award because it is the best book of all time. It's The Queen of Atolia by Megan Whelan Turner. It's Okunku. doesn't need to be awarded because it is what it is. And what it is, is the best book of all time. Listen, guys, I tried to stop her. I tried. What can you do? Have you met her? You met her? Yeah, you have. Okay. You know what I'm going through over here. To close this out, tell people what we're going to be discussing on our next regular episode. We'll be discussing Everfair by Nisi Stroll, Timekeeper by Tara Sin, and Star Wars Rogue One. I cannot wait to talk about all of these three things with you, especially Rogue One. I know it's going to be a little bit tense, that conversation there. Let's see how this goes. And I hope our listeners can follow along. That's our show for this week. Anna, thanks for discussing media with me for two whole years. Renee, you are my queen bee. Oh. You can follow us on Twitter at Fangirl Podcast for more antics. And if you have thoughts or jokes or funny stories about animals, we want to hear from you. Our email is fangirlhappyhour at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or wherever quality podcasts are acquired. As always, we seriously appreciate all iTunes ratings, given that I don't even know anyone who uses iTunes anymore. <laughs> well, it's true. Our intro music is by Boxcat Games. Our segment break music was made by Chucky Beats, who creates excellent hip-hop beats over on his YouTube channel. Ira made our adorable show art, and Renee, our very own Renee, made our High Five Award graphics. You can find links to all of their work in our show notes, plus some of the media we discussed. Thanks for listening, Space Bees. Stay awesome. And see you next episode.